Greetings, this is Ethel from Apologies Now. I'm recording today by myself. Unfortunately, that's because Stevie, my partner in crime, has had the COVID-19 virus infect him. He has had some fairly significant symptoms from it, and thank goodness he's recovering, but I could not ask him to do this with me in a time when he was uh, just now starting to feel better. But I felt compelled to record only because while I have wanted to stop talking about this insane pandemic that's pretty much ravaged all our lives for 2020, there's a vaccine out. It is about to become available for the entire population. I uh, am going to be one of the ones that uh, get it uh, very soon. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me about it. I have read about a lot of controversy. There are a lot of questions and conspiracy theories and just in general a lot of drama. And I thought that it would be good to talk about this and hopefully we can put this craziness behind us soon. But uh, I felt like this was worth doing sooner rather than later. So without much more rambling from my part, here it is. I had Dr. Jack Austin and Dr. Tom Zickgraff, two friends of mine that I work with routinely, just have a little discussion about it. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope it's a little informative at the very least. Thank you for listening. <laughs> You'll get Wonderful coffee host. if you, uh, yeah, if you say the right things on this, you get so coffee. Co- coffee is for closer. Coffee, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guys, thanks for joining me on this. So, uh, I'm I'm recording, by the way. Okay, and so, um, for the listeners, Dr. Jack Austin is back, and uh, very appropriate timing, just because I really wanted to talk about this vaccine that everybody's, I think, asking all of us about, and Dr. Tom Zickgraff is also with us from the emergency department at Doctors Hospital. He's the director there, and a good friend of mine that I work closely with. So, thanks, both of you, you know, and if we need to take a break and get a coffee or do whatever, just make it happen. And uh, Shots of tequila. Yep, happy to do it. Happy to do it. <laughs> so, uh, what else do you do on a cold day, right? Um, I've been getting uh, questioned nonstop. I don't know. I suspect Jack, you've been getting questions. Tom, you probably have too. I've kept my mouth pretty much shut about this, and my my only response has been. Um, my intents to take the vaccine and you should make a determination for yourself and I'd leave it alone because it's become oddly political and, and people start judging you and start blaming you if something happens. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to leave it alone, but it'd be really good to have people that are dealing with this kind of talk about it. And I think it'd be great for the community. Absolutely. And one of the things that we've talked about offline is just the impact that we as physicians have to the general public. I, I think a lot of the general public will look and see what the medical community does in terms of their response to getting the vaccine. And there, there's already a lot of distrust um, with, with the way things have been handled throughout the year. And so I think that has carried over into how the, the, the public at large views getting a vaccine this rapidly. 
Yeah, I've got it's odd. I just assumed that all medical folks would just hop on, but it's not been that clear cut. It really hasn't. I've been very, excuse me, disappointed uh, at a number of healthcare providers who've just, frankly, I mean, just stated, I'm not getting the vaccine, or I'm going to wait and see what happens to you when you get the vaccine. It's appropriate for an ID uh, doctor know, to take I, it first. Absolutely. And, and I want to make it very clear here that uh, one, one point, uh, one is I, I, it's not that I don't get it. I do understand people's concerns about new vaccines, new vaccine technology, and, and you know, what it could potentially do to you uh, short-term and even particularly uh, long-term. But on the other hand, I want to make it real clear, too, that I, if at all possible, will be the first in line to get the vaccine when it's offered. So I, I'm going to put my money where my, my mouth is here, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the vaccine. I think we as healthcare providers uh, have a responsibility. We have a duty uh, not to necessarily do risky, crazy things, but, but to show the community that we are behind this and we're ready to be part of the solution and not provide reasons for people not to take the vaccine, right. not to provide more excuses and put fear into the community. It, it's already there. Uh, but I'm ready to get my life back. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the world to get its life back. And uh, I, I want to do my part. And anything that, that I can do to shed any light on this virus, or, I mean, this vaccine or other vaccines, I'm, I'm willing to do it. But uh, I, I think that if, any, if there are any physicians out there and hearing my voice right now and you have any doubts about it, you know, give me a call. But otherwise, you get out there and you get that vaccine. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, well, I think you make one, one of the more compelling arguments is it's really the quickest way to get back to a better sense of normal that, that we're all looking forward to. We're hoping to take a trip uh, in 2021. And, and I think a lot of uh, the information we're gathering right now, it, it looks like that they'll be looking if you're f- traveling overseas, they'll be looking for a vaccination record and that sort of thing. And so definitely, if you're wanting to go back to normal, I think that may be the path. One of the things that I'm routinely hearing, and we can talk about this, is, is the, how quickly it's been created, and it's never been done this fast before, so I don't trust it. And there's all, I mean, even more outlandish, there was some video, uh, I have not watched the video, apparently it's been taken down now, thankfully, but it was somebody uh, saying that the vaccine had Satan's transmitters or something like that and they were injecting them and that way you know and i'm sure it's connected to 5g somehow <laughs> well, you know that, that is a good segue into talking about this vaccine it is new this is the first mrna vaccine that uh is is being produced uh for you know use in humans so uh, i'm sure there is some concern but Remember, too, that this vaccine has already been given to at least thirty to 40,000 people uh, on the trials. Now, it was a double-blinded trial, so the half did and half didn't. So even though there were over fifty to 70,000 people in the trials, only half of those people got the vaccine. Okay. And there were you know, zero serious reactions you know, to this vaccine, and, and as you all know, the antibody response was significant. But many people I've talked to also feel that the the mRNA is going to inject itself into your body and become incorporated 
into your system here and it could come back years from now and harm you. One uh, particular person thinks it could harm her potential unborn child in the future should she take this vaccine, but nothing could be further. And she's not pregnant right now. She's not pregnant right <laughs> now. She just thinks it could happen in the future. But mRNA is is a, uh, a, a substance, a protein, ribonuclear protein produced by you know, our own body's DNA anyway. It, this is the, the protein that tells your body what to do to make other proteins and other things. And once this mRNA, which we make naturally, not this particular viral, but other mRNAs, to tell our body to make different types of proteins, our cells to make different types of proteins, our cells then destroy this mRNA. So it's it's not a self-perpetuating little piece of machine. Once you use it, it, it's gone. Once you use it, it's gone. The body takes the cell takes care of it. And in the same exact way, once this mRNA is injected in you, it gets into the muscle cells, as a matter of fact, and the mRNA does, yes, take over the protein-making machinery of individual cells and makes these little spike proteins of the virus. Not the virus itself, just the spike protein. And that spike protein is released into the the body system and the the body recognizes and produces antibodies against this spike protein and therefore protects you against natural infection with the virus. But once that mRNA does its job, the cell that is injected into destroys it, takes care of it, it's gone. What were you saying, Tom? So, Jack, would you say that mRNA that we're using in the vaccine it's kind of like a blueprint that we're putting into our cells, which are largely like a factory. They're, they're constantly creating proteins and, and synthesizing, um, you know, different proteins. And we're just giving it a new blueprint. Absolutely. Uh, Wonderful uh, awesome illustration analogy. of that. We, we do that all the time. Our bodies do that. Our cells do that all the time, every day, every day. Microsoft. For everything, basically. <laughs> For everything yeah. we need. That's how the DNA within the nucleus, because it never goes out of that nuclear little envelope. It always stays there, never goes out into the cytoplasm. It sends the mRNA, the messenger RNA out there, to do its bidding. And it takes, it tells the cell what to do. I'm hoping some of the listeners that haven't had cellular biology in their past uh, <laughs> maybe do a YouTube video or something like that. But just to kind of generally describe it, the DNA that we talk about stays deep inside your cells, you yes. know, and in the nucleus, in the nucleus, and that's your that's your <clears throat> cell brain, if you will. But then it spits out mRNA outside of the brain, the cell's brain. I want to make sure yeah. people understand it, and so and uh, and that's how uh, your body creates what they need to create. And these spike proteins, I think, are on the outside of the COVID-19 virus. Right. And that's how we recognize that it's the COVID-19 virus based on that protein. And so we're taking a piece of that. Yes. And the mRNA <clears throat> is basically saying, hey, body, this particular thing is a COVID-19. So if you see this, please attack it. Yes. And that's the antibody that we are creating that attacks the virus. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. I mean... <laughs> The spike protein is on the outside of this virus, and so, I mean, this is what the body uh, attacks anyway with natural infection. So what we're doing is getting a, getting ahead of it and producing antibodies ahead of time, and, and that's the basis of many vaccines. Not all, but many vaccines 
they do the same thing. They get ahead of it by injecting bits or parts of various viruses, like the flu vaccine. It's bits of that flu virus, and it injects it into your body, and your body recognizes that and produces antibodies against that inactivated or you know, or bits of the flu virus. So, so when you get a natural invasion, it's ready for it. So, Jack, I have a few questions for you. So one of the things that you mentioned earlier is like, this Damn it. <laughs> mRNA vaccine is mm-hmm. novel. To, to, to use that technology in a vaccine is a new uh, idea, a new concept. And, and, but, but it's not using mRNA. It's been used in other therapeutics. Um, can you talk about where else it's been used for our listeners? Well, messenger mRNA vaccine technology, or at least investigation, been around for about 20 years or more. And, and they currently use uh, mRNA vaccines for uh, rabies vaccines in animals. They've, they've used uh, mRNA vaccines for Zika virus and for Ebola virus vaccines. So, so, but those are still investigational and they're still you know, working on that. But, but the technology mRNA has uh, been used uh, not only to, for vaccine uh, development, but also using that type of technology to, to replace um, certain genetic defects in, in human beings. So not just vaccines per se, but using a, actually using a, uh, an adenovirus, uh, an attenuated adenovirus to inject mRNA into uh, the human cells to replace certain genetic problems uh, to, to fix that. So, so that sort of technology still has is, is been around for a long time, and it's been used not just in vaccine technology, but other sort of things too. I thought it's also been used in chemotherapeutics. And so you think the, that mRNA technology has been around for at least 20 years? Yes, yeah, yeah. The idea, the concept has been used, it's been around for quite a while. Again, there's been some problems with it. It's not been the most successful sort of technology, but now we're there. We're there, and it came along at the right time. So this was already, I didn't realize that. So we're using it to make chemo for therapy for cancers already? I mean, so this is not new technology, so people shouldn't be worried about that. It's just being put to new use. Yes, yes, Yes. exactly right. You know, that should be comforting for people. And I think that combined with the the concept of a vaccine is, I mean, it's been around for more than 100 years. Right. So, I mean, think back to smallpox and, and where we've come from there. So so the interesting piece to me is I don't, maybe I know some anti-vaxxers. I don't know if I do or not. But the people that are not wanting this don't seem to be opposed to the concept of vaccines. They're just stressed out about the fact that. Did this just get created out of thin air just to make everybody, you know, comfortable, you know, and, and, and whether it's political or not? That's the, the interesting thing to me is that it's just, uh, I don't want to say illogical. I think it's just, you know, uninformed. And I don't know. There's so much now that comes out in media and social media that people, I think, in general, just don't know what to believe. Um, it sounds like, uh, I don't know if, Jack, I don't know if any... The three of us will be the first ones in line, but it seems like we will have the option to take it here probably this month sometime. You know, I'm so. hoping, uh, I've been talking to uh, at least two of the hospitals here in town that I'm affiliated with, and uh, 
the word is it, it probably won't be this week, but we're hoping for next week. But that's that's certainly unofficial. I do not speak for those hospitals. Sure. It would suit me if they got it this week, right. and I, I would certainly hope that they'll get it uh, out to us as soon as possible. Now, there's some difference, and the, there's different companies that are making the same vaccine, basically. Yeah, the Pfizer vaccine is coming is already out. That's the one that we should be getting soon, and the and the FDA and CDC are meeting this week or hopefully early next week to consider the Moderna vaccine. And it uses essentially the same sort of technology, MRA technology, although it's storage requirements in terms of the freezer issues. It doesn't have to be stored quite as cold as the uh, Pfizer vaccine. But the efficacy in terms of 95% efficacy rates are essentially the same. Are they both two doses? Yes, they both are. The Pfizer... Vaccine is supposedly at uh, second dose in 21 days and the for the Moderna vaccine in, in 28 days. So a little bit different uh, dosing, but uh, about the same. So, Jack, question for you. How did they come up with the idea of doing two doses? I know for the annual flu vaccine that we do, it's a single dose. Um, <clears throat> one of the studies I did look at showed, uh, I, I think, anywhere between 50 and 80 percent efficacy after the first dose within a couple weeks. Well, the, I, th- I think at least at least two major issues. One is the fact that that uh, you could look at the first uh, dose as priming the pump, and the second dose you really get a, 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 tr- a significantly increased level of antibodies over the first. The second, uh, I think, big thing is that many of us feel that the second dose not only primes the pump but gives the, us a more longer-lasting response as opposed to just weeks of antibodies but the second dose will really get things going and we could get months if not years of protection and that's what we see with a lot of the other vaccines uh, even the childhood vaccines they're di- typically are boosters given and and as uh, we go on you know we our immunity wanes we've all um, been given recent instructions you know to to get a a tdap which is uh uh, another different kind of vaccine, the tetanus diphtheria, but with the pertussis added onto it because our pertussis whooping cough antibodies waned, and we were finding that people were getting whooping cough as adults <laughs> or giving it to their kids, and so so we needed indeed a second or third, you know, dose of of that vaccine. So two reasons: one is the first dose primes a pump, and the second dose really gives you. A, even higher levels theoretically and then but also too it guarantees a longer lasting antibody response one of the questions uh, also has been well do i take it now and then expect to take it next year or next season kind of like the flu you know that's that's one thing we don't really know mm-hmm. i think uh this is unprecedented. We're learning as we go along, as we have this entire year about this this virus and what it does and, and how to treat it in the hospital. So we're learning. So we honestly don't know how long this vaccine will last, whether it'll be a few months or a few years. Uh, and more importantly, will the virus mutate? That, that like would influenza. cause that would that would be the inciting factor that would cause us to need another vaccine, I guess, right? If we start seeing that it's mutating. Well, but also, too, the, the antibody right, levels may out. not be long-lasting as we hope it will be. Right. And so that would necessitate another, another you know, 
um, injection, sure. either in a year or five years, who knows? And, and again, that's not unprecedented. We have other vaccines, other situations where we've had to give repeated doses as the years go on because our immunity level wanes. Certainly like the illustration of building the airplane mid-flight. <laughs> and, and that's really what it seems like we're doing. So, so back to the concern everybody that has approached me has. That That's kind of the analogy that I think they haven't voiced, but that's what they're thinking. Like, why, why am I doing this when this is what's happening? You and I were talking before we start recording, though, that just based on the, the rapid nature of doing this, it doesn't necessarily at all mean that it's unsafe. I think the, the concern really just is that what is going to be the efficacy of the vaccine? I mean, you, you can probably speak to that. You were talking about it, the phase one, the phase two stuff before. Just in terms of safety. So I mean, the, the whole process is set up to ensure safety on the front end. So if it doesn't get out of phase one, you know, it's, it's, it's a safety issue. Right. Uh, and then phase two, typically they're looking at efficacy. And then phase three kind of combines the, the two ideas of safety and efficacy and in a much larger group. And that's kind of where we are. And, uh, and, and I think some people are like, well, there aren't there four phases. Technically you could say there are probably six phases because they're kind of phases that lead up to, to, to uh, phase one. And, and phase four is kind of, kind of a market analysis of what you do once it's kind of widespread use of whether it's a medication or a vaccine there's surveillance sure. that, that we do. So it's gone through all those appropriate steps. So I, I don't think they've cut quarters on safety. I do think that there's been a, a, a marked reduction in the administrative uh, hurdles to, to get a, a vaccine or medication kind of through that process. The Jack, you were about to say something. I'm sorry. No, I just, uh, I, I just, Certainly agree with, just want to echo what you said. I, I don't feel like there have been significant corners cut and that they're just slapping something together and, and hoping and throwing it against the wall and hoping it sticks. Uh, again, the technology is not necessarily new. How it's being used in terms of this vaccine is new, but it's been tested already in thousands of people and there have been no serious effects. But Yes, it is true that we don't know what's going to happen a year from now. How can we know? Right. I mean, there, there just is no way to know. The virus itself will dictate a lot of what we do also, whether it too mutates and whether we need to develop new vaccines every year like we do the influenza sure. vaccine. The uh, the emergency use authorization on the FDA side, it's uh, that, that whole, uh, you know, the EUA, um, the purpose of it is for situations like this when we don't have the luxury of time because we know that there is a global issue, but it's a well thought out process by the FDA as well. It's not just like you said, throw on the wall and see what sticks. They've got a long lasting process that they've utilized even in the past, I think, um, where, hey, we've got a problem, we've got to act quickly. And if we're not doing that, I think things will continue the way they are, which is not an option as well. So... I'm hoping people. Um, I'm hoping people are listening to this and and, and make the choice for themselves. Um, but that's that's true. I mean, yeah. there 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 always are going to be the anti-vaxxers. There are always going to be the people who so distrust the government that anything the government has to do with, they're going to distrust. But 
But as as scientists, as physicians, we uh, know that there are a lot of very smart people at the FDA and the CDC. You know, this this situation is being given so much scrutiny. This is not something they're just hoping to work and and assigning to some you know low level functionary. This has received the utmost and highest attention from all the the leading scientists, and not only the world. Remember, the United States is not the only one trying to That's get right. this vaccine out. The world <laughs> is that that we're doing our best to make sure this is safe. And, and effective. Well, and, and I think that's an interesting point you just make. Um, Pfizer didn't test it just in the U.S. I was about to say, and yeah. just in a specific population. I think it was in over 150 countries oh, right? yeah. uh, that, that they did this testing uh, with, with pretty diverse populations. So again, I, I think they, they did an amazing study in a very short period of time. So from a conspiracy standpoint, it's not one government. It really would have to be the entire world's governments. <laughs> You know, plotting yes. against the entire yes. population of the yes. world. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I do get the sense that we're all uh, of the same opinion and like-minded in getting the vaccine. You can't ask if you're taking it, though. You might as well be asking people's tax returns now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I ask if you're taking it. I have no qualms about asking physicians and nurses, you're going to be taking this vaccine, aren't you? Right. I have no problems asking that. and it. But if they show any hesitance or say no, it, it does open up that door for me to, to have a discussion with them, have a frank discussion about what are your concerns, how can I help Sure. You? That's the power of Jack Austin, too, though. Not so, all but, but I do, I, yeah, I do want to represent some of the dissenting views or, sure. or thoughts that I've heard sure. on this. And, and, and uh, I, I've had some physicians... Uh, say that, hey, I've, I've already been exposed. So maybe they've already tested positive for it. They've already been symptomatic and they've recovered. I, I, I don't see any benefit to the vaccine. What would you say to them? I would say that there are reports that people can get this again. And, and whether or not that's of, of significant risk to that physician, uh, who knows. But I do feel that they're going to continue to be exposed to this virus and anything they can do to prevent themselves from getting it is is important. I feel that we have a tremendous responsibility to our patients and that even though you're not worried, you may not be worried about getting the virus yourself. Some of the younger physicians and nurses saying, well, I'm going to do fine if I get the virus. Or after all, it's just going to be a bad cold. Well, that may be true, but consider this. Many of us, unfortunately, will come to work even if we do have sniffles or a little, little achy you know, feeling. And we do know that this virus can have an asymptomatic sort of presentation, that you don't even know you have it. So, but you have a responsibility to your patients. And if you come in infected or asymptomatically <laughs> carrying, you are going to give this to your patients, and that's not acceptable. Right. That sort of mindset, I'm not worried about myself or I don't want this vaccine to me, is not acceptable. Now, how does it or does it impact transmission rates because the vaccine yeah because I, i've heard some people say hey i don't know that it really reduces the rate of transmission uh, by getting the vaccine but, i mean honestly i'm not sure where you're going yet. with the question but i mean if you don't get the infection if you not don't become infected with the virus you can't transmit it um I, mm. I, i'm not sure if i'm answering or understanding that question 
I don't feel that the asymptomatic carriage is going to be of a significant uh, factor in terms of transmission, although certainly that there can be legitimate uh, concerns raised about, well, couldn't we asymptomatically carry it? Well, yes, possibly, but not long-term most likely either. And, and that rate of expression of the virus, if you're just carrying it, is not going to be as great as if you're actively replicating that virus. How about... Uh it's not been tested in children, and children are, are at the back of the line for once, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they all get everything, you know, but uh, I suspect it'll be utilized in children as it well. It will be. It will be. They'll, they will be the kind of the last to get it, but the plans that I am aware of that, that uh, probably sometime next year or so, it will be offered to children. Is there, um, it being an mRNA, it should, in theory, be beneficial for ladies that may be breastfeeding for their babies, I would guess, right? Because you're passing on the antibodies, and that's yes. the whole point of the breast milk. Anyway. Yes. Now, I, if you're pregnant, they're asking to not, to, not, not yeah. take it. Yep, no. yep, yep. They didn't test pregnant females, but I think post-pregnancy, after pregnancy for the babies, it's it's seemingly safe, so... It's seemingly safe in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, good. Um, what else? Do you think they'll use the same technology in other vaccines going forward? I think that we're going to see an explosion of mRNA vaccines once this has been shown to be uh, as effective as it is. I think this is just that the door is opening up for this technology. It's, it's incredibly exciting about what we can do with, with messenger RNA. Something that is not going to stick around in your body is going to come in, swoop in, tell your body to make antibodies, and then it disappears. Why haven't we done this before? Is it just... Well, I, I think, you know, they've tried. They've they've and been unsuccessful in, in other okay. situations. And now it's just coming to, I think, uh, maturity. Necessity. Yeah. Um, <coughs> the... Um, the, at least the last thing I was thinking of was um, how they're going to distribute this. In order for this to work effectively, it has to be global. It has to be comprehensive. And it's just, um, I'm curious. I don't know if either one of you gentlemen have any information on this. Is there a, is there a well thought through plan? How are we going to get this physically everywhere? It's one thing emotionally and intellectually for people to either agree with it or not agree with it. But, you know, you can't force anything on anybody. That's fine. But how are we going to actually get it everywhere? And I, su- <laughs> and, and I suspect, you know, Pfizer is a for-profit company. Every other company that's making this for-profit, I'm sure they're also looking at this as a, as a, a, a global service. And well, I, I hope that the, the, the people who are working with the distribution have reached out to companies like Amazon who've really uh, set the, the bar pretty it. high right. when it comes to logistics. Um, they, there's nowhere in the world Amazon can't get a package. That's right. So, <laughs> But the other side of the coin is, is not that not logistics and distribution. It's a matter of can these countries afford it and will they be offered the opportunity to buy it? Rich countries like the U.S. and and and, and a lot of European countries have already put up billions of dollars to make sure they're first in line. Many, many other poorer countries aren't even on the list you know, mm, to get the okay. vaccine. So 
it does come down to not just distribution, but it's also money uh, and, and where you stand in the pecking order. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's not a, uh, a situation a lot of people are, are excited about in some of these countries. And right. I don't know how that's going to be solved. I'm hoping that uh, a pressure will be put on the, the Pfizer's and the Johnson & Johnson's and, and all the AstraZeneca's to make sure that they, they take care of the poorer countries too. Well, and if nothing else, I mean, it's, it's of course the governments of the countries want to make sure their population is taken care of. But truthfully, in this day and age, it still continues to affect the global industries. If you know what I mean, I can yes, see absolutely. I can see six months from now, well, you still can't fly there. Yeah, but that's where my X Y Z is made, you know, for sure. my business. And so, sure. yeah, I think we'll have to reconcile that in the coming we months. We do, you know? absolutely do. Um, as uh, shifting gears, real quick. I tell you, before we get off this uh, yeah. topic, uh, I, I want to correct something. I may have misspoken at the very beginning sure. about using mRNA vaccines for gene therapy. I think they use uh, injecting bits of DNA. Okay. So I, I misspoke about using yeah, well, yeah, I was going to ask about that. I was yeah. I, I'm remembering I a study at University of Pennsylvania. I thought they they, they had a uh, cystic fibrosis yes. patient yes. Uh, where they were using similar technology, <clears throat> and there was a, a really bad outcome. I think a teenager... They, yeah, it, 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 was. it was. It was a bad outcome due to probably in um, the the virus used, the adenovirus used to inject it. There was a, a big, probably used a lot of virus and a big dose, and the body's immune system just really went into hyperdrive, probably reacting to the, the viral adenovirus vector using to inject this DNA material into the cells. So, so, so that's something that's sorry, different about this vaccine is they're not using a vector like that. They're using a nanolipid particle. All right, this one. But now the AstraZeneca vaccine is is an adenoviral injected uh, mRNA vaccine. So it is using the adenovirus to uh, to do this. And so there. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Theoretical advantages and disadvantages to this uh, adenovirus uh, vaccine. It could be. The adenovirus could be looked at almost like an adjuvant in that it it uh, it stimulates the body's immune system to to, to hyper respond <clears throat> to the uh, the mRNA. So, but on the other hand, the same complications could occur with adenovirus too. Well, and one of the things um, I, I watched a, a video on uh, virology this week, or this week in virology rather, and um, they were talking about how. Our body can learn to essentially attack that vector, therefore decreasing the efficacy of the virus going forward using that delivery method. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's so true. It's already been observed, it, and it, it actually happens. And that's one of the problems with the adenoviral vac uh, vector approach is that our body does recognize this, even though it's, quote, attenuated, meaning it really it doesn't actually attack the body, but the body and cause disease, if you will. But the body doesn't know that, and so that's one of the problems with using the the vaccine, uh, this type of vaccine. And that's why it, I, I'm pretty sure that the AstraZeneca people are saying your second dose really is you, you need to maybe take a day off, and it's probably due to that the body is really attacking the. The adenoviral vector more vigorously. Not that it's going to decrease the the efficacy of the ultimate you know uh, response to the mRNA being injected, but but that adenovirus itself is is causing the body's immune system really react, and and that for the most part is a good thing. 
but it could be potentially bad and and uh, in other situations. But this in this situation, it's a good thing. What's the advantage to using that method versus what the Pfizer method is, where you're actually just putting in a snippet that isn't representative of the whole virus, so you're not you know, people always worry about, hey, you just injected this into me, and now I'm going to get that infection. Well, you can't get the infection when the virus is not injected into you. But AstraZeneca has moved towards using a whole different virus to use as a vector, and you could potentially have a reaction to that. So there must be an advantage to doing that. I think, and this is pure conjecture on okay. my part, because the honest answer to everyone is, I don't know okay. right, why, why they're using it. But I think that this is more tried and true technology sure. for them. Got it. And they're more comfortable with it and how to do it. We know it works. And we know it works Got it. And, and all that. But I don't know other advantages other than what we've already talked about a moment ago. Sure. And that the virus itself can stimulate the immune system sure. and can be used as a, as a way to, to, to jazz it up even more. And in a good way, sure. towards this uh, virus we're trying to treat. For people listening, what other mm-hmm. vaccines have utilized that AstraZeneca style of making vaccines? Have they have they used or administered on the population any any kind of vaccines that have used that technology? Like you said, it's tried and true. So yeah. Um, I think it again. For the, there's an animal vaccine, the rabies vaccine, that uses uses that technology. I think the Zika virus, uh, Ebola virus uh, you vaccines. Is, so they've yeah. they've they've got they've used it there. But to my knowledge, there are no um, adenoviral vaccines in the on the U.S. market okay. other than this one coming out. To my knowledge. Okay. <clears throat> what are y'all doing for Thanksgiving? For Thanksgiving next year. I'm having plans already. I'm twenty twenty one is going to be awesome. I, you know, for for me, <laughs> uh, I I of course I plan on getting the vaccine, the first of the two vaccines next week, and then I'm I'm uh, flying to um, um, uh, Seattle and on the twenty seventh through the third to visit my my daughter, daughter and her yeah. family, and then in May. I have a, a European river cruise scheduled because oh, wow. I'm going to have my vaccine. <laughs> uh, and, and also this company has, uh, I'll, I'll give a plug to Viking River Cruises, but they've okay. got an onboard PCR laboratory. Oh, wow. And, and everybody <laughs> is wow. being tested every day. We'll be given a, a, a nasal swab or saliva, saliva sure. test for the uh, uh, virus, the, the coronavirus, every day, including all the, the crew members. So after each port. At, uh, gonna, well, uh, yeah, basically, but that's because it would be pretty much a port a day. But, yeah. but every day you'll be tested, and if you become positive, you'll be ushered off the boat. Thrown and, off. And, and be tre- well, they, they said <laughs> they'll have facilities to treat you and, and, then, and then get you back to the that's, United that's States. That's a dinghy that they tie <laughs> yeah. to the back. <laughs> No, For since, 10 days, of course. Since it's a river, they can just throw you overboard and you can swim to the shore, you know. <laughs> You'll be fine. But, but I'm planning on uh, uh, getting getting my sure. life back as much as I can. But but until we get the population as a whole immunized and we see these rates of infection go down, it will not be business as usual mm-hmm. at all. And that's why I truly feel it is so important for everyone to get the vaccine. Who is approved to get it? Surely. 
Surely. Everyone needs to get the vaccine. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to traveling again. No, I'm genuinely, 2020, we're, we're making all sorts of plans and hopes of actually doing something. You know, our kids are finally to a point where we feel comfortable traveling with them, you mm -hmm. know, and so, mm -hmm. yeah, 2021 should be really fun, hopefully, you know. Yeah. Now, for those who, who are, are, are um, you know, having concerns about flying to uh, Washington, Washington has a, uh, has a uh, quarantine rule, so... So when I get there, I'm going to my daughter's house and staying there the entire you know week. I'm there, not coming out, not okay. going anywhere, and then going back to the airport. So I will be, you know, living up to the, the rules and regs that Washington sets forth about quarantine. Is it an honor system, or I do not know what they have. I know that some states have more than have actual checkup on you, but I don't know what Washington has. But Another geotagging you as you well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Satan's Maybe. transmitters are already going to be in them. <laughs> So, yeah, what's your right. problem? I'll already have the vaccine. How, how do you so know they haven't been there already? They'll, right. they'll know where I'm at already. They can't handle Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. Um, yeah, I, on, on another note, uh, the, I was talking to a friend of mine that lives up there, and what all we hear about that's going on over there is overly exaggerated, it seems. You know, you know he's just like, Everything's fairly peaceful now, and you know there's only a couple of blocks that you have some dumbness going on here. And yeah, there, yeah. Uh, they live in the uh, outskirts of uh, Seattle, so they're really kind of significantly away from all the, all the craziness all there. Um, but, but I, you know, I love my daughter, and and the, she's a little tree hugger. Uh, you know, they live sure. they live there after all. But uh, <laughs> but a shout out to her husband who's a, who's a, a, a card carrying Republican uh, you know a, a Boeing uh, um, engineer so okay uh, so he's 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 a good guy and yeah so is my daughter for that matter sure sure sure, sure, sure. <laughs> well no enjoy that that's good I will I will well um, I think there's gonna be more to come on this I'd love to talk more about it in the coming months. I think that in yes, in the coming yeah. months, three to six months from now, I'd love to revisit this to just see where we stand, not only in terms of acceptance rates, but also efficacy rates and where where this vaccine is going with that. I I, I think it's going to be an avalanche of scientific information coming from follow up studies sure. and antibody levels that we'll know more. Well, it was naive of us, you know, earlier this year. Uh Stevie, whom both of you know, you know, he and I were talking about doing this and we took a break on purpose and uh, coming back to this, I was really hoping that we would not have any COVID conversation to talk about. <laughs> and and yeah. here we are, yeah. you know what I mean? I just yeah. felt like this was really important. Yeah, to but do. this is a very positive. COVID no, 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 for sure. For sure. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think we all just need to accept that it's here. And even from my standpoint, I think just having ongoing discussion is probably just going to be a reality because it's not going away. I encourage anybody, a physician, I mean, a healthcare worker, a provider, or otherwise, if, if you want to talk to me about it, you know, call me, come by. I'd love to love to chat with you and things like that. I hope, uh, I hope everybody's listening. I hope our colleagues are listening. So thanks, both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right.